Good day. My name is Cody Yohaman and I am a BE Legal Advisor at the CESA Cape Town office. Good day. My name is Shane Bayer and I'm also a BE Legal Advisor at the CESA Cape Town branch. Today, we will be discussing the differences between a compliant and non-compliant BE certificate, as well as the importance of a business to ensure that its BE certificate is in line with its customer and industry requirements. That is correct, Cordial. So can you please explain what the differences are between a compliant and a non-compliant BE certificate? Yes, Seng. To answer this question, I must first briefly explain the BE verification process. Verifications are done retrospectively. So let's say you have a February financial year end. Your verification will be conducted on the last financial year's financial statements. So you can't go back to a past financial year and try to fix what hasn't been done. So it is imperative to plan for your financial year and also to implement the BE initiatives before your financial year end. BE is a proactive process and ongoing planning is imperative. So it is important to make contact with your BE legal advisor to assist you with advice and guidance in this regard. So the differences between a compliant and non-compliant BE certificate are as follows. For purposes of this discussion, I'm only going to focus on the general codes of good practice. There are five elements on the scorecard, namely ownership, management and control, skills development, enterprise and supply development, which also includes preferential procurement, and then lastly, socioeconomic development. I'm not going to elaborate on each of these elements because that is a topic for another day. It is, however, important to mention that ownership, skills development, and enterprise and supply development are priority elements where sub-minimum must be reached to avoid the downgrade. When we prepare the verification pack for the verification agency, we claim points for the various elements. And of course, we must also submit the supporting documents in support of our claim. Where there were no initiatives in place, of course, there will be no claim and no points awarded. There are eight levels of compliance, one being the highest and eight being the lowest. So, Corio, how many points does an entity need to reach a compliant level? Shane, a compliant BE certificate is a certificate where an entity has reached at least 40 points on the scorecard without being downgraded due to not reaching the sub-minimum on any of the priority elements. Where the entity is downgraded, it must reach at least 55 points, which is a level 7 downgraded to a level 8. In effect, if an entity reaches a compliant BE level, the BE certificate can be used by that entity's clients for their own BE verification to claim points under the preferential procurement element. The result of not reaching the desired BE level will result in an entity being issued with a non-compliant BE certificate. In other words, the entity scores points on the scorecard, but it's not enough to reach a level 8. Thank you, Corio. So is a non-compliant BE certificate a valid certificate? Yes, Zane. Even though a non-compliant certificate is not a compliant BE certificate, it is still a valid BE certificate and it will reflect an entity's score on the various elements, such as ownership, management and control, if applicable, and all of the other elements where there were initiatives in place. Okay, so Cordial, in your opinion, would you say it's worth it for an entity to spend on all these elements, even if it means that an entity will be non-compliant? Shane, yeah, that's a good question. Even if an entity is going to be non-compliant, the fact that it has embarked on BE expenditure on the various elements, such as skills development, enterprise and supply, and socioeconomic development, still shows that entity's willingness to take part in the BE process and to uplift previously disadvantaged people. Can you please explain just briefly 
the importance of a business to ensure that the BE certificate complies with its customer and industry requirements. No problem, saying. Like you've mentioned, the onus is on a business to ensure that its BE certificate complies with its industry and customer requirements. It is also important that a BE planning must be done in line with these requirements. In some cases, if the desired BE level is not reached, it can lead to an entity's contract to be terminated. It can also happen that a tender is awarded or granted based on the fact that the successful candidate must reach a specific BE level within a certain time frame, failing by which the tender can be terminated. Some industry bodies also require their members to report on their BE status on an annual basis. Two of these examples are the JSE and the Financial Sector Transformation Council. Failure to comply will lead to an entity's membership to be terminated. It can also lead to fines and penalties. And then lastly, Shane, when an entity applies for a license such as a liquor license, BE is also a factor that can be taken into consideration before the license is granted. That was very interesting and informative. Thank you, Koyo. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. So for more information, please visit CSA website.